This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, I'm so fired up today because, well, actually I'm not. <laughs> to be honest, it's kind of nice having a guest in studio, but today's episode is really just you and I. Well, here's the thing, right? We used to, back in the day, and I don't Yesteryear. know why. Yeah, it was. it feels like a long time ago. We used to, every once in a while, do an episode where it's just the two of us chatting real estate. Right. And then we got too busy. And I think it's really hard to create, just sit down and pump out ideas. It's sometimes easier to have a guest in studio. It's sometimes easier to come up with full disclosure, five to six questions and then just say whatever's on your mind in the moment, as opposed (laughs) to actually coming up with useful tips for people. Not to say that this is an easy show to run. No. Because it absolutely is not. Hardest uh, thing I do. Keep uh, paying us on uh, Pantheon or what is it? Uh, what is I don't Patreon. know. Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> Pantheon. <laughs> Pantheon's my other, the other site I spend a lot of money on. Uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> for gifts for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Here's the thing. We've got nine ways to find a deal in the Vancouver real estate market today. Really well, today. Well, and yeah. And just to put a finer point on it, I think back in 2017, like we talk a lot about this. Right. But back in 2017, we had an episode that was specifically talking about six tips. And we go over some of those tips again today. I don't think anybody's going to remember those, but it's really kind of a post-COVID show. I think this this to me is some of it's evergreen, some of it's 
very specific to this market. And I would say this episode is not only just for investors. This is for anyone and anyone looking to immediately add value or get a good deal in real estate in Vancouver. And here's the thing. I, I like to think of these, all of these nine points, and it's by no sense an exhaustive list. And we're not this literally it to took be. us a minute or two to come up with. But here's the thing: these are nine ideas that kind of just live in the back of our heads when we're analyzing deals, whether that's for ourselves as investors or whether it's for our clients who are just home buyers or investors as well. So I think you know what: even if you're a seasoned investor, I think at least one of these is going to resonate with you, and it might just solidify an idea you've already had. But I think this is a good framework to operate within. Would you agree? Absolutely. These are nine tips. At least one of these is going to be useful. Well, one of them for <laughs> sure. Stay tuned for the for the last one, which I personally love. It's one that's specific to BC, and it's one that is specifically useful in our market for investors specifically as well. And if I'm it, not being too specific, I've said yeah, specific I, I, nine times. I feel like this, that is one that we have used very effectively yes. recently. Yes. And it's a new one. So it stay tuned for number nine. All right. So without further ado, Matt, we have no guest today. Brady D, you can even cut out the intro, the intro music to the guests. I think, I don't even think we need that today. No, but what we do need before we start is our sponsor, and that is Oakwin Realty. OakwinRealty.com. This is our brokerage, best brokerage in the city. If you're a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody looking to make a change, looking for a little more dynamism, resources, great people, great networks, Oakwin is your place to hang your license. Oakwin.com slash join. Type in VRP2020. That is Oakwin.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. You'll get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang. And you also get a huge incentive yes. for heading to oakland.com slash join and typing in VRP 2020. It's a dynamistic incentive. Uh, we're super excited. Here is number one to start the show. Number one, and, and we spent a little bit of time on these creative titles, but this is one that you might recognize from previous episodes. The first way to find a deal in the Vancouver real estate market is learn to love no photos. But wait a second, Adam. I hate when a listing has no photos yes. that shows the inside of the unit. You click right by. Why would I waste my time going to that unit to check it out? Here's the thing. There are so many listings on the market, right, that you're clicking through. You're at the office. You're clicking through listings. If there is no photos on a listing, chances are a typical buyer is going to go right past it, Right. And they're going to think one of two things. Oh, it's going to be a distressed property or there's going to be an issue with this property. Or alternatively, a lot of people are just searching photos based. That's what they're using as their first precursor to dig deeper. Exactly. And what I would say here is, and I, I say this to people all the time, it is hard to buy property in Vancouver. I guess it it's probably hard to buy property in any market, but currently, Vancouver is, it's, it's a time suck in terms of energy, right? So photos helps you put in the possibles to the, this is not for me to separate the listings. Yeah. Quick way. I also find buyers often will go, the photos aren't up yet because sometimes there's a delay, right? The realtor is waiting for the the photos or whatever. I'm going to come back to this often, forget it. Either way, most people, when they see a listing without photos, see it, forget about it and move on. That's the thing. 
So you are, and I, I can't imagine, like really the big thing is to go and even read the description is more work, right? And people, I think by nature are, are fairly lazy. They don't want to dig into something to find out it's not right well, for them. And the, and the description's often not super hot if the, if the listing if there's has no, no photos, photos. There might not even be a description. So the, what we're going to encourage you to do if you're looking for a deal is some of the best deals that we've found for people have launched without photos. And we've taken that extra step to dig deeper get some photos or view the property or just learn more about the property. Even if it's just dropping the yellow guy on Google at Street View and just getting a sense of what you're actually dealing with, there could be a real opportunity here by not having photos on a listing. Here's a pro tip. If you're working with a realtor, you yes. might want to get in touch with the realtor, have them make a phone call or even go back on MLS and look if there was photos in the past sure. of this unit. Well, that's something that we over. can do, right? Go back to the history of the listing, which I do almost all the time. I click on the on the history and go back and see if there's photos because really also you can tell what the current owner has done in terms of improvements to the property. There's so much to learn by digging and this is an opportunity to dig. So number one, learn to love no photo. I would say 90% of your competition has disappeared if the listing has no photos. Absolutely. I think you're right. What is number two? Number two, as we all know, size matters. Here's the thing. Look for abnormally large units. And this is specifically if you're trying to add value. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain why. So there is always a huge opportunity to take a listing and bump it up into the next price band if you can add a bedroom add a den or add a bathroom. Okay. And so what do we mean by that? So if you're looking at say a 650 square foot one bedroom, you, you might be able to convert it into a one and den by doing some minor framing, some drywall, some paint, or alternatively turn a large den into a second bedroom. Now, when you go to sell that property, you're not competing with one beds anymore. Now you're competing with two beds, which means that also the comps that people are reviewing to try and price your property, they are going to be using other two-bed properties. And this works, I mean, it, you can go right right up. I mean, and, and you have to do it strategically and you have to make sure that you're not just turning a one-bedroom into an eight-bedroom by, by framing cubicles. Uh, you have to do it in a way that is marketable, but look for large units that you can bump up into a different category is the point. And here's another thought on this idea that you're looking for a larger unit. In my experience, and I would argue this is probably a universal experience, uh, a large one bedroom is harder to sell yeah. than a small two bedroom. And it's also harder to sell than a smaller one bedroom because you're looking on a price per square foot. Often it, the, the price for a one bedroom doesn't quite make sense if it's larger. And it's also not as attractive to investors for that reason and first time home buyers. So Again, the competition is smaller. Those changes allow you to bump it into the next price band and, uh, and a, it's a winning strategy. And you know what? Clients of ours that have done a number of flips, although flip is a bad word now, but a number of improvements for reselling properties over the years have taken on this strategy. I've seen them add half baths. I've seen them add second baths, full, complete, you know, four-piece bathrooms. I've seen them add bedrooms. I've seen them add dens with great success, walk-in closets. I mean, you, you really have to look at the space and reimagine what you can produce because 
the big thing is, is that when people are trying to categorize it in their mind for where it should land in terms of price point, you have a real opportunity here to take something that was essentially in a lower price band and elevate it. Does that make sense? And quite easily. And quite easily. Yeah. I mean, any people in, in the trades will tell you that framing in a bedroom or converting a, a den into a second bedroom, it's not big money to do something like this. Absolutely. In, in most cases. We Absolutely. Number three, Adam, divide and conquer. Yeah. So what we mean by divide and conquer is look for properties where there are multiple owners that have a stake in the property. And here's, here's an example. Everyone's familiar with looking at estate sales, right? Because estate sales, typically there's an executor or there's a trustee and there's multiple people that stand to benefit from the sale of this property, from the, from the estate, right? Whoever's involved in the estate. Now, the reason that it's important to look at estate sales is because everyone does, at least in my experience and your experience, the people, when they're looking at the prices that come in, they do their calculation based on their percentage of what they're going to stand to to benefit from the sale. So for example, if the property sells for 600,000 and your stake is maybe 20%, you're calculating what you're giving up in negotiation based on that 20%. So it's really easy to justify negotiating further or lower because your percentage stake is that much smaller when you're perceiving it. So just to spell this out, often in these cases, in this case, 20% on 600,000, there's five people involved. Right. This might be an aunt's property a property that they've that they have very little emotional involvement with sure uh, and are looking to deal settle with the estate a, settle the estate deal with a situation in which they have multiple people involved a lot of cooks in the kitchen and it's likely a situation somebody wants to get out of 50k off that 600,000 in this case would be 10 grand each that's a lot easier to stomach than thinking of the 50K overall. Well, that's just it. And so when you think about the 50K, you think about an individual owner, like say you're selling your condo and you get an offer for 650 on 700. Now you're going to have to take a $50,000 hit. That's, that's a little bit difficult to swallow. Right. But this is almost equivalent of you getting an offer, say at 690. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a very different mindset. So leverage the fact that there's multiple owners it can be a challenge sometimes because there's also multiple decision makers. But what we've seen in the past is when people are trying to conceptualize where they're going to go in terms of price, they use that smaller percentage. And there's often, in my experience, if there's three siblings selling a family home or what have you, there's always somebody that wants to get out of it. Right. And depending on the personalities and the dynamics, which of course we don't know, you can often play off the fact that somebody's bringing up the fact that it's just 10 grand each and let's move on with our lives. Yeah. Or there's a sibling that nobody really wants to deal with who's uh, who's phoning in from Costa Rica (laughs) and they're just kind of thinking like, you know what? I want to get past this and, uh, you know, maybe there's friction in the family, but let's get it done. There are opportunities in estate sales, obviously. And uh, if you see trustee or executor, have a look at it. Or even multiple owners, I would say. Multiple owners that clearly aren't a family. Right. All right. What do we got for number four, Matt? Number four, forget the buy cycle and focus on the dry cycle. <laughs> Who came up with these? All right, well, let's, let's talk about this. So this is one of the things that we've taken from multifamily flippers over the years. But the big thing is to go in in multifamily and add laundry to a building. 
This works at the very kind of macro level when you're looking at a full multifamily building. 250 units. Yeah, 250 units. Or it works when you're just dealing with one unit. So an example of this is there are buildings in the 70s that, um, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s in Vancouver that maybe have shared laundry, but the strata will allow, with strata approval, the ability to add laundry. So what you're doing there is you are, it's a similar idea to adding a bedroom or a bathroom, but you're essentially now taking it out of a lower price point, a shared laundry unit, and you're elevating it to in-suite laundry to compete with product that has in-suite laundry. And this works two ways, right? The market for for shared laundry, I think every year gets smaller and smaller in, yeah. in, in the Vancouver market. So you're you're opening up when you go to sell that property, you're opening it up to the full range of people looking. Also, if it turns into a rental or it is a rental, you can bump up rent significantly if you can offer in-suite laundry. So For sure. this is a situation in which it's not a super expensive change, yeah. but it's a quick one and it really adds value. Yeah. And, and pro tip as well. So check the bylaws always. You can write a subject to confirming that you can add laundry, especially if you have time to kind of negotiate the deal. And then last but not least, if you can't do vented a vented dryer, do a Euro-style double dry cycle machine, and it will still elevate the price point. Those machines are getting better. Buy the more expensive ones. They tend to be a lot better than the cheaper ones. But think about it that way. I'm thinking of a, of a building downtown right now where, where this is happening over and over again. Oh, yeah? 789 Drake. Is it? Wow. Okay. Pro tip uh, and and <laughs> pro, pro tip number two. Pro tip number two and uh, and a little plug for seven eight nine Drake. Do you have a listing in there? Good lord! All right, number five, Adam. True crime sells. Yes, Matt. Or don't clean clean. Don't clean clean or true crime sells. So we all know true crime sells uh, based on um, your wife's media habits, but uh, it is crazy how much true crime. Here's something I've noticed, and I don't know if this is um, if this holds for anyone outside of my family or friends network. I find the women in my life are obsessed with true crime almost across the board, and it's been since at least four or five years. And often it focuses on the torture and mutilation of women. It seems really, like, yeah. Have you not like so? Uh, this is Dateline case file. All, all the, the podcasts. All the podcasts. I can't listen to them because I can't, honestly, I can't stomach it most of the time. Right. And the stories seem to me almost every, you know, 75 to 90% of those stories are about women being abducted. Usually and by killed. the spouse, usually yeah, and, by the husband. Yeah. But it's, it's amazing. And I, I wonder what the demographics of who, of who listens to those are. Yeah. My sense is it's our brother secret uh, yeah. and it's uh, every other woman in my life. Yeah. Well, since we know Keith Morrison personally, <laughs> on account of him growing up in Winnipeg, we should oh, we should I check. About He's that. got the demographics, man. All right, Anyways, get him on. You got him on speed, though. There, I, I can tell you, there's more women than the wrinkles in Keith Morrison's face. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get back to it here. True crime sells or don't clean clean. What do we mean here for tip number five? Yeah. So here's the thing: the best flips out there. If you're looking to go in and clean something up and get a really good deal on something, and also get the biggest lift. Don't clean something up or don't fix something up that is still clean and livable. Look for the absolute crime scene. And what I mean by that is look for the place like, and we've all seen them in, in, you know, in realtor photos or uh, from visiting properties, but 
you know, the more cats, the better, the more cat urine, the, the better, more, the more uncomfortable you are in the space, yeah. the better, <laughs> the more you're concerned about taking your shoes off. Cause you're going to get your socks dirty, the better, the more that there's been like damage, damage is great. Hoarder homes are great opportunities. And like, really what you want is you want something that everybody can barely stomach being in that property. That's the one that you turn around and make shine where the biggest lift is in my opinion. And I think where people make mistakes is they go in and they buy something that's already clean, that's already livable, and then they renovate it. And there's a huge burn cost there because it's it's still a great space, right? It's still a place where you you have, it's it's clean, cabinets are in good condition, the appliances are in good condition. It's, it's just outdated. It's just outdated, right? So don't just look at an outdated place and say, here's an opportunity to clean it up. The best ones have to be the crime scenes. Absolutely. And you know, it makes me think of another tip that's not in here, but uh, one that Todd Talbot, a past guest fan favorite, and Mark Ting, past guest fan favorite, right. have both used, if I remember correctly, which is right in the contract that you will take care of all the items in the house. The so a standard contract usually has uh, that it has to be clean and free of debris upon possession. Right. I know Todd, I remember specifically making a making the case that he would take care of everything and that was what got him a stellar deal uh, yeah. on a past property. And we've done that we've done that in the past as well and the trick to doing that is giving the seller the option to take whatever they want and leave whatever they want essentially. This also works by the way in the divide and conquer strategy if there's if there's items left behind because For you often estate. have people out of province or at least one or two people out of province and who's going to take care of it and the cost and everything else, the headaches involved. I love that because junk removal is, is a, especially if you're working in the trades or if you have the right contacts, you know, we're not using the brands that charge an arm and a leg. You're using junk removal that a contractor would use. There's not a lot of money that needs to be spent here and you can get a great deal for relieving someone of that headache. Exactly. Number six, Adam, good things come in small packages on larger packages. <laughs> if that didn't confuse you. You know, it strikes me, Adam, that on this show, we talk about price per square foot, the square footage inside of a suite. We've also had the idea of the most expensive square footage is outside of your your home, right? right you know, right. the mountains, the ocean, the, the beach, all sure. these things. One thing we talk less about is the actual square footage of the lot that the multifamily building sits on. So the parcel of land. The parcel of land, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we mean. So <laughs> the small package is an underbuilt building. The large package is the land that it sits on. So if you're, as an investor, looking in an, an area for a type of building that has the potential for a wind-up down the road, I think you know part of that due diligence should be look at the size of the lot and ask yourself, if this older building that's sitting on it is underbuilt. That's exactly it. Now, the West End, of course, comes to mind. Alberni right? comes uh, to mind. Alberni, of course, comes to mind. But I'm even thinking of, you know, there's even those towers in Kits. Now, Kits is a tricky situation for, for new builds. But, you know, they always come to mind because there's, there's towers on, I think, third, I can't even remember, with a pool and a tennis court, it's like a block long for this one building. You're like a city block. <laughs> a yeah. city block where you're thinking, okay, this is whatever it is now, 900, 1,000 a foot, whatever. 
but you literally the the parcel of land is so large right. uh, there has to be opportunities in that yeah and i mean this is the thing right so i mean it's just a consideration but if you're looking at a property and you notice that it's underbuilt and it's an older building with deferred maintenance there might be an opportunity for a wind up down the road a strata wind up and you know strata wind ups are complicated they take a long time so it's not something that you buy and you're going to be out of it in a few months it is a long hold game but if you can get the returns that you want out of the rental and you're planning on holding it for a long time you know just thinking about the direction that the city is going it could be a great opportunity. Well, well, exactly. And and there's a final case study, Anchor Point. I believe the prices in there now are high enough that I think it's built in. But sure. Anchor Point right by Burrard Place over on Howe and, and yeah. Drake there. Yeah. Talking about underbuilt downtown properties. For sure. For sure. Anyway, we're on to number seven, Adam. Look for a distressed property or a distressed realtor. Yeah. So, I mean, some of our best friends are realtors including ourselves. And so we, we don't want to say anything disparaging about realtors. But one thing that we will say is often it's it's more the distressed property. So you're either looking for, like we've talked about, a property that doesn't show well, a property that wasn't brought to market correctly, wasn't rolled out correctly. A property that's very difficult to show yeah, because the tenant is problematic or, or not cooperating. Yeah. Or the owner is, even though they want top dollar, they're not willing to show the property. And, and, Often it can be also a distressed realtor. The realtor is is coming in from Abbotsford to sell a property downtown and doesn't know downtown or doesn't know the market. The or, realtor or works vice full time, versa. full time at the province and can only show it after the kids go to bed sure. from eight till eight forty five. Sure, exactly. So look for the opportunities where where it seems like the organization behind the listing has failed. Does that make sense? That that makes a hundred percent sense, and it's often those properties in which they sit on the market, it's potentially unclear why, and the opportunity is right there. Okay, so we are at the last tip before the new big reveal, number nine. So this is number eight. Don't, don't build up number nine so much, Matt. Yeah, but everybody's yeah, okay. waiting for it. I can't wait for it. But this one, in number eight, forget FOMO, mofo. Okay. Forget FOMO, MoFo. So forget FOMO. FOMO is fear of missing out. That's right. If uh, if if the 18-year-old we called to define it gave us the correct information. <laughs> so FOMO is fear of missing out. MoFo is markets out of favor outperform. Now that's an acronym that took you a while to come up with. That's but, right. Markets uh, out of favor outperform. outperform. Okay. So here, here's the idea. And we've talked a ton about this on recent episodes. Uh, we Cameron McNeil and uh, Brian Ryan Lalonde. Lalonde on from MLA recently. We talked about this looking for gaps in the market. So right now, everybody's going for a particular type of property in particular types of areas. If you go against the grain right now, and I, you know, I, this always just brings me back to downtown. You think about downtown right now. When do you buy downtown? It's when people aren't working in offices. It's when people aren't going to, uh, you know, all the nightclubs and social events and everything else because of COVID. And when downtown is looking its roughest, right? So, I mean, this is an opportunity to buy in a market out of favor that has the chance to outperform when all of this is over. We can talk about other markets that have done exceptionally well. Like, is now a good time to go to the Sunshine Coast, in your opinion? <laughs> Are you buying no, I, Bowen? I, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, what I, what I would say is we have been on an 18 to 20-month run 
right on certain types of properties and everybody knows them we don't have to talk about them but we maybe should just say townhomes half duplexes single, single family, family homes detached. Yep. and in certain areas and it's basically away from the city centers right they have been on an enormous run i don't have the stats in front of me but maple ridge has done you know 20% yeah, in the I, last year versus the west side that's sure. done like 3 so it's pretty clear the fear when you're of, talking condos the fear of missing out scenario is playing out in a very specific way that I think everyone agrees is not necessarily going to last. So what I would say here is look for the areas that are not performing well, look for the gaps in the market where prices of condos downtown have been flat. They're at 2018 prices right now. Right. Uh, So uh, it's flat where the rest of the market has taken off like a shot. Look for the property types out of favor and think long-term. Right. So this is not a play, although it very well could be a six to 12 month play here. Yeah, it could be. Um, but this is a longer term play. Think long term. Don't fear about, hey, we're going to miss out on that 5% that Maple Ridge is bound to do in the next three weeks or whatever. Sure. Look for the deals and look for the markets that have long term potential. Yeah. And you know what? It's, it's again, it's hard to make generalizations at all. But what we're saying is, it's that zigging when other people are zagging kind of mentality, right? And some of the best deals that we've seen, because the, the best part is when you're you're going to list a place and you are talking to the buyer who bought it and they're saying, yeah, you know what? I bought this when nobody was buying pre-sales. I was able to negotiate an extra parking stall. I negotiated on price. I got an extra storage locker. I got upgrades to the unit. They were able to get so much out of this. They made money on the buy. Yeah. Right. And that's the biggest thing right now is you're probably not going to get a great deal on a single family detached house in East Van right now, but you can probably go out there and negotiate on a bachelor downtown. Absolutely. You can. And downtown or in Chinatown or Gastown. Yeah, exactly. uh, These areas have really been hurt. Everybody knows it, including sellers. So uh, I would say that's the spot. That is the so. Spot. So let's uh, let's move on to number nine. Okay, number nine, Matt. We maybe built this up a little bit, but tell your network. Here's one mistake that people make when they're looking for real estate deals. They don't tell anyone, and and the reality is, is that you should be telling everybody you know that you're looking for property. And why do you do it? Think about it. If I tell you that I'm looking for a one bedroom, and now all of a sudden it's out there in the universe, first of all. The universe is listening. As I've I've heard on my Instagram, I have no idea if that's true. But second of all, people are going to start saying, oh, you know, my friend John is looking for a one bedroom. Maybe you guys could do a private deal. Maybe there's an opportunity here. Maybe, Maybe someone will notify you if there's a listing that they see that they think will fit the bill. The lone wolf real estate investor never wins. Right. And, and, and here's the thing we see all the time, people that are very nervous to, to engage real estate advisors, realtors. We see people that are keeping their cards close to their chest and, and it's very hard to find a deal that everyone else doesn't see. If you're not telling people about what you're looking for, right. what you're planning for building a network and utilizing that network to try and find deals. Yeah, and I'll give you an, an example. So my wife is friends with a, a high net individual, owns a lot of property. No big um, deal. NBD. But here's the thing about this woman is that she is a talker. She talks to people all the time about, about what she's up to, what she's doing. And she started planting the seed around in her network about that she was looking for a revenue property. She had an area, she had, generally speaking, a rough idea of, of budget. And 
sure enough, you know, it took, it took three, six months of talking about this, but one of the best deals I think that's come up, it was a private deal off market. It came to her before it hit the market. And now she's, now she's in a situation where she got a great deal on a property. I think it was a, it was a mutually beneficial deal, but who knows what would have happened had it actually come to market because it was a very unique property. It was a friend of a friend who was selling it. And hey, she's in a situation now where she has a great revenue property. You know, one of the things that we tell people all the time when they're selling their property is it's, it's you know, people ask about and people don't want to do open houses and they would prefer, hey, it, it can, can you, be painful. Do you have, do you have a buyer for this? Like we talk to people, sellers all the time. Right. There's a certain segment of the population that doesn't want to go on MLS, even if it benefits them. They're yeah. very private. They don't have the energy. They've owned it for a very long time and they just want this deal done. Sure. No matter what the market, those people exist. And the way to find them is to talk to as many people it's as you can. Almost like It's almost like treating residential the same way commercial operates, exactly. right? Where it's, it's like, you know, as Corey says on the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast, that most of the deals happen between the brokers, right? Or, or through the networks, right? And, and that's the biggest thing is if you're, if you're looking for this type of property, put, put the word out, put the word out because there's a good chance that someone will get in touch. And I do realize that that might not have been quite the icing on the cake that you sold it as, Matt. So I'm going to throw one more in there. You know, I had somebody tell me I was a master marketer the other day. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, uh, you gotta, you gotta pitch number nine at the beginning, keep people till the end. <laughs> well, let's do 10. Well, let's do 10. Okay. Well, here, this will be nine, nine, a maybe, nine a. um, because it starts with <laughs> that was a. a team you got cut from, wasn't it? Oh, come on. I was triple a, here's the thing. You were triple a, I was, I was quadruple a, whatever that is. So here's the thing. Assignments. We want to talk about assignments just because the reality is, is that if you are looking for a deal, Assignments could be a final opportunity in the Vancouver real estate market. And so what do we mean by assignments? Well, so assignments are where you are looking for somebody who has bought a presale, so the right to a property when it completes, yes. and they are now looking to sell that contract. Before it, before it completes. Before it completes. And, and there's a couple reasons why this is, presents an opportunity. One is it's very, very rare that an assignment can go on MLS. Yes. So they're very hard to market. Inherently, they don't have the audience that other types of real estate transactions have right. or the potential to have. And secondly, it is a little bit more complicated and it actually is, for a lot of people, a little bit disconcerting because you're basically meeting up with somebody who's got a contract yes. and you're buying the contract. There's no display center. There's none of that legitimacy that developers go to great lengths to create right. when they're selling a project that doesn't yet exist. So inherently, there's a huge segment of the population that even if they know about it, they are not comfortable. They're wary. They're yeah. wary of assignments. So that's, so right there, that presents an opportunity. You're, you're not going to the MLA presentation center, touching the faucet, looking at the backsplash, seeing the floor plan. You're basically buying just from the uh, materials that are, are remaining online. A lot of them, maybe the website's now down right. and just says sold out. Uh, it's often hard to get any substantial marketing materials. And you're left with basically what the seller has. And often it's very piecemeal because people don't always keep good records. Right. Exactly. And, and the fact is, is that really, you know, it, it assignments are shopped between realtors, yes. much again, like the commercial market, 
But Craigslist is still one of the best Craigslist. places yeah. to find them. And like, I don't even feel comfortable buying a bike on Craigslist. No, no, I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. And but, I, but there are, there is ways to protect yourself when you're buying an assignment. Yeah. Meanwhile, you still will meet up for a massage on Craigslist. But I, I, I I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's a thing. But I, uh, but anyways, the point is, is that. Craigslist is, yeah, not a great place to uh, shop for real estate. So when it's your only resource, uh, it, it's unfortunate. But no, exactly. When you're selling. So here, here's what, and I think we're almost doing a, a, we're almost convincing people not to be interested in assignments. But No, but there are tr- opportunities. Truly what it takes is somebody who knows what they're doing on the buy side in representing you in an assignment transaction. You can have a legally binding contract that that makes sense and that works. And these are where the opportunities are. And and just thinking about assignments, here's another reason I like assignments. I mean, we've talked, I remember this is Ryan Lalonde and Cameron McNeil from MLA, where we talked about the how the pre-sale market has been going crazy. And it's it's basically a large swath of the market voting with their purchasing power on prices in the future increasing. Now that's something that is is really exciting and it's exciting to be a part of. And sometimes pushing out a completion date three, four, or five years is attractive for whatever reason. But we are still in a low interest environment right now. And who knows for how much longer, but as of right now, we are still in a low interest environment. And if you can pick up an assignment right before it completes, you can start building equity almost immediately. You don't have to do the multiple offers on MLS after the weekend. So it's a win-win. You're building equity. You're not waiting five years. You're not speculating on those prices. You know exactly what the prices are today. Your financing is in place and you're able to build equity. And you're most often likely to get a bit of a deal because in most markets, assignments are hard to sell. I remember in 2016, 2017. Well, but in 2016, 2017, it wasn't so hard. But for the last couple of years, it's been extremely hard to move to move assignments unless yeah. they're priced very, very aggressively. And on a final note, we might have missed the most obvious point, but often if people are selling their assignments, it's because they don't want to complete on them or they can't complete on them, right? So they're basically trying to unload load a property. Maybe they bought too many pre-sales at once or maybe their circumstances have changed. So it absolutely is an opportunity. Yeah, and that, Matt, concludes the 9A so nine, nine plus one. Anyways, nine ways to find a deal in the Vancouver real estate market. I like these uh, getting back to basics and uh, and getting in the studio here. So hopefully everyone enjoyed that. What else do we have before we cut for the day, Adam? Well, we have Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. This is our website where all things real estate live. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com where you will find things like the Live Wire. This is our weekly newsletter. We got stats before anyone else, stats that no one else has. We got VIP pre-sale deals. We got transcripts, episodes, a host of fantastic information. It comes out every week. There is no reason you don't want to be on this list. We also have private client services. And Matt, if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information for free at your fingertips. We've been using it for now close to a decade. It is the best research tool out there, and they've just went through a huge facelift, lots of positive feedback. So if you don't have a PCS account, head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com, sign up, and we can set one up for you. And what else do we got? Well, I'm just thinking we might want to say this is 10 ways to find a deal in Vancouver with the 10th reason being PCS. Done. Done. It's uh, We just completed 10 (laughs) 
10 ways to if find a deal. If you're not using PCS to find deals in Vancouver, you're doing it wrong. That Absolutely. is that is 100% true. If you want to talk about that, any of the tips today or anything else, give me a shout at 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And also just Kokomo line for sure. Because oh. man, the Kokomo feedback. Hey, this is it. Co- Kokomo line. I'm staring at the surfboards. Info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is uh, why we're all doing it. When we came up with the the Kokomo life, were we expecting it to just be us in an office while it's raining out, <laughs> with uh, surrounded by palm trees and surfboards? I don't think that's. Uh, but that's where it's landed us. This is, this living is, the dream. We are living the Kokomo life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Matt. Last but not least, fantastic episode, and uh, we'll be back next week. Have a great week. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. And I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Konkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020.